everyone. Welcome to another episode of Women in Power. I'll let my guest introduce herself. Hiya, I'm Kashi. Um, I am a community and events exec at the Happiness Index and I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, so we know each other. We went, we were in the same form at school, weren't we? So we were. That's yeah. how we know each other. That was like almost 10 years ago, like nine it, years now, but yeah, 10 yeah, years literally, ago. I met you when I was like 10 or 11, Kira. That's oh, so right. weird. <laughs> that is, oh my God, we were like babies we compared to where we are now. It's you know? actually crazy. That is so funny. So I'm going to start off my question. So what was like your childhood like? You can go from early ages, school times, like, yeah, just talk about like your childhood. Yeah, I mean, historically pretty, pretty, pretty chill, pretty good vibes. I mean, I'm very lucky. I grew up around my family. We're all very tight knit. Um, I grew up in a big house with like me and my mum and like my grandparents and my aunt and uncle for the first few years as well, which was so nice to like get to be around them so much you know like I when I when I was going to school like a lot of people would only sort of see their grandparents at like Christmases and birthdays and like special occasions but I was really lucky to get to like go home to them um so yeah it was really nice to sort of be raised by that little village um yeah but yeah and then school I mean we went to school together and school was such an interesting time I think you know being in the secondary school an all-girls secondary school as well in Watford like it's so like there's all those meme pages about like what it's like to go to an all like a single sex school and it is so true it can be related <laughs> so it? yeah we're going to talk about more about school life soon a couple, yeah, a couple more um but like so did anybody inspire you or influence you from your childhood I mean, I'd say, like, probably my biggest influence is my mum. Like, Mm -hmm. she's one of my best mates. You know, it's been me and her from, well, from day one. I was in her belly. So, um, (laughs) but, yeah, I mean, she's literally one of the best people I know. She's, like, such an incredibly, like, strong woman. She, She has such a ridiculously unreal work ethic. And, like, yeah, she's just one of those people that sort of, practice what she preaches and in terms of like kindness and and giving and caring and I like to think that that's something that she's passed on to me that's so nice to say with your mum I remember remember when we did Young Enterprise I think when we went to yours once I think I think I I, I would have seen her before yeah I remember like I think properly like meeting her and stuff she's so lovely such a lovely like mum very bubbly friendly like yeah was this when we had that production line of tie-dye t-shirts going from my living room to my garden yes oh yes it was it was a tie-dye um t-shirts and then baby boomers right yeah we were doing them for sports day as well do you remember yes oh my god I remember now because that was our last sports day yeah so we were like let's do the tie-dye it brings us some money in as a a business this is what that was wasn't it Oh my gosh, yes. And we did go to yours. I remember going to Becky's yeah. one time. Oh, that is so... Oh my God, that was so long ago. That it's was so cool what we did. That was like really, really that. cool. Oh my um, gosh. That was... Well, we're going to now... My next question is, what was school life and your journey like? So yeah, you can go through like primary school or you can go straight into like secondary school. It's up to you, really. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't really remember that much of primary school, to be honest. Like mm. it was... I know I had a good time like it was one yeah. of those classic sort of like childhood like situations of just good vibes like it was just lots of like 
playing in the mm. playground we used to play powerpuff girls a lot like that kind of stuff do you know what i mean and yeah. like mm-hmm. making houses for snails in the playground and stuff. that is so funny because i think i did that in primary school as well oh that's so funny <laughs> i used to get you know like in the in primary in most schools they have those bushes that have the tiny red berries that everyone's like, yes. oh, like poisonous mm-hmm. we used to like collect them and like mash them up and put them out and we were like we're just we're, we have a restaurant for the bugs <laughs> that's hilarious that's so cute it's like a restaurant for the bugs <laughs> but, that, yeah. i love that it was oh, it was like sweet. yeah it was quite it was quite a sweet sweet way to to grow up and then you know secondary school school was I found school quite difficult to be honest like what to start off with or just generally um, just in general like academically like I wasn't you know like on in a situation where like I didn't get anything but like I did find like stuff really difficult at times um and it wasn't until much much later like gone into uni that I sort of understood why um mm-hmm. because just after uni I was diagnosed with ADHD okay. um, mm-hmm. and then I sort of kind of understood why I was finding things like anything involving numbers why I found maths and physics and chemistry and things like that so difficult and like remembering dates in history mm-hmm. and it was because it was not something that sort of computed as well with my brain um whereas things like classics oh my god I loved classics and I mean that was in part to Miss Bateson who you know sadly passed away last year but yeah um you know things that I I enjoyed I excelled at so oh okay so we can talk we can talk about the ADHD diagnosis yeah absolutely later on um so you found it difficult because of what you just said just now about the numbers thing and things like that because it's interesting you say that I have spoken to a few people who were in our year and some of them said they didn't have a great time at Watford Girls and yeah. some did I had mixed views on my my experience and um I think someone wasn't very academic and things like that yeah. and stuff but um overall would you say your time at Watford Girls was great like or I would say it's like you it's a bit mixed mm-hmm. um because while I I loved seeing my friends every day like the mm-hmm. people that were there like my little group of friends and like our form as well like amazingly our whole form we were not like we had our little groups but we were not clicky and like horrible to each other in like other yeah, ways like, we, we really did come together quite well um mm. and so in that sense I'd say like the people were really made it what it was like all the good memories for me Mm. um but there were also a lot of downsides like it was a it was a school that did put a lot of pressure on students you know um and and in terms of you know achieving academically Mm. so that was a lot to cope with and you know especially you're going through puberty as well and you're dealing with all these like emotions and hormones as a teenager and then sort of kind of combating not feeling good enough Mm. or not worthy enough when it comes to your academic performance is not something you need on top of that Mm. I think especially like at such a young age I think before GCSEs I think GCSEs I think it's good to have you know the exams but I think just as a whole as a school such a young age putting so much pressure on girls and you know they had they had two for me, I had there there was two routes teachers could go down. The two routes there was one that'd be like, you're gonna fail in life, or they'll obviously help you. And the one I think a lot of them thought if we tell students they're gonna fail, it's gonna push them. But some yeah. people it could work and some people it doesn't. So it's like, you know, um 
but I agree with you um, yeah on the pressure I think was a lot and I think I mean it's one it's pressure for the school and obviously it's pressure for us to like get good GCSEs or good A-level absolutely, results so you go, absolutely. you go to a top Russell Group University and you know it looks good for you and then obviously it looks good for what for girls yeah you know, absolutely they've got, they've got students going to like the top universities in the country and stuff um, yeah no definitely and I think I think for me like I when I was at uni when I finished my degree I started I mean I didn't complete it um, and it's something I plan to go back to later mm-hmm. but I started doing a master's in teaching um Interesting. yeah mm-hmm. a teaching in higher education I got to sort of understand a bit more about what the education system is like and in the yeah. background scenes of like what teachers are faced with and and while I'm I massively massively sympathize with it because you know they're put with this like list of guidelines from the government that's just not it's not beneficial to either the teachers in terms of how they want to treat their students and also mm. the students themselves you know I just don't think I don't think exams are a good way to test someone's knowledge there's never been a situation where someone's gone no. Kasha you need to like do a, some sort of Pythagoras equation in about five minutes like ever that is so true you know, you know what I mean? and it's like it's general life so when you're not in yeah. the workplace do we have a, a two-hour exam to be like to be writing no. or whatever and it's just like no no one Literally. it doesn't happen I mean I know in some finance companies that you have to do exams yeah. I think understand that cool but it's like why and I know someone I spoke to a teacher recently and they were saying it's so funny how GCC's like they are still making the students like physically write because who writes these days who yeah literally writes essays people we type now so it's like they should probably update you know the examinations and things you know like it's just yeah it's interesting but it's so crazy to think about because like I think now and I'm like oh typing all my all my work and stuff and when I was like I did it at uni when I was typing up my assignments and stuff Mm. like that and I think about like say for example like GCSE English Lit yeah I wrote like no joke I want to say about seven or eight pages double-sided for one of my exams and I'm like I get my wrist gets a bit tired after Mm. writing like one a five page of notes at work exactly yeah what the hell like I could not write physically write pages back back to back no that's not for me my my wrist would go insane yeah mad 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 um but so yeah well, I'm trying to think what else with school so you had I know you had a good friendship group as well and it was yeah. true what you said um earlier about everyone had their own groups but it wasn't clicky it wasn't like you can't sit with us at lunch yeah no if another someone from another group wants to sit with us yeah cool fine Absolutely. I know there was I know there was a group of girls I'm not going to say obviously then the name of the group oh they, I know exactly you know exactly what I'm talking about. yeah they they were clicky they used to remind me of me you know like mean girls they, oh, they proper mean that, girls yeah they were the mean girls of this of our year like yeah and there was multiple yeah. in different forms as well but yeah I think aside from that group everybody else we all mingled very well we yeah. got on really well I think yeah so definitely I think you know we we went through a lot together we all there was like quite a few different situations I won't like go into it obviously for people's own privacy but like there were quite a few like tragic situations that happened to a few people within our form and I think that was a kind of a turning point for us at those Mm. at those times because it was like okay cool actually this is one of us this is one of our friends one of our peers one of our like one of our own and we need to sort of rally around them and I think that definitely sort of gelled us together even Mm. more 
Yeah, no, definitely. I know there was a few a few girls in yeah. our in our form that lost members of the family. Yeah. I remember that. And I think I think that brought us I think it was within a within a space of a year. I think it brought our form very close together because there's the two people losing someone in their family. Well, they were both they lost siblings, didn't they? Yeah. Um and I think that actually brought us together. And I think even Dr. Cosgrove, I think he even mentioned it. He was like, it brought you all like united again. And yeah. we all just looked out for each other because that time, wow. Yeah, yeah. awful. It yeah. was, it was. But, you know, our form was like a little family and it was very cute. It was. Oh my God. It I do, was. I like, do, Dr. Like, Cosgrove was like our dad. Everyone, like... <laughs> I know, I miss it. And I know that me and you will do bit organising. Our reunion, so that's going to be very exciting. I'm so um, excited. I'm ten really years excited. next year since we I left know. school. Oh my gosh, ten years. I feel ten so old, years. Kira. I feel old. I'm going to be 26 next week. <gasps> like what? I don't want to be 26. Oh but, my god. You know, it's life. People are like you're still young. I'm like, am I? I don't know if I am. Like the clock is ticking, man. Like I know exactly. Four more years for thirty. Oh, don't, 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 don't. See, I can't wait 30. to get to thirty. I think feel like once I get to thirty, I'll like chill out because mm, I won't too... be thinking about age anymore. Mm, I think when you're in your thirties, people, everyone who's either been in their thirties or experienced being in their thirties, they're like your thirties so much better than your twenties because you're more hopefully established in your career. You have more money because you're obviously earning a good amount. Yeah. You're either getting married or having kids, and it's just like your twenty. It's like your twenties just just with money, really. Yeah. And you have more. Yeah. You have just, you know. So it's exciting. Absolutely, I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, is there anything else that you want to like discuss about school? Anything I mean, that you enjoyed? Yeah, I mean, like after I I didn't go on to do sixth form at, at what for girls. Mm. Uh, I went to college after that. I went to West Hearts. Yeah. Same. Did you? Yeah, I did. I, I didn't say on. I didn't actually make it into. What I didn't no, even didn't want to. Apply. My mum pressed. My mum thought she wanted me to. Yeah. I knew didn't. I didn't pass certain, like certain core subjects. Yeah, I didn't want to anyway. So yeah, yeah. I remember on GCSE results day, and I was like, I'm just like hoping. I didn't think I had, but I was like, I hope I have. And genuinely, I think the only reason I wanted to stay was to be with my friends. Mm, that would be the only reason for me yeah literally but academically I didn't care and then Mm. I went to college and my mum was like you know I mean I went to I won't out anyone but I went to someone like in the staff and I was like is there any way I can get like some of it regraded and she was like yeah there's this one that you could get regraded but quite frankly I think you'll struggle here Mm. so there's not really much point and I was like okay oh that's so annoying yeah, but I went to West Arts and honestly had two of the best years of my education there. Same. What did you study so at West Arts? I did production arts, so it was like theatre tech. So like did all mm-hmm. the like stage management, lighting, sound, set design, that kind of stuff, and it was so much fun. Were you in the Watford campus? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so we would have seen each other. I'm surprised I never really saw you. What course did you do? I did fashion. And I was oh the God. top floor. I was like third floor. Yeah, I know that floor. I went and I did um for you know in hair and beauty. Yes. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I went and I did for one of my friends, one of my friends' friends was looking for a hair model for their hair fashion show thing. Mm-hmm. Um they did one year. And so I was up there for like two days, like oh, getting I'm my so... hair done and shit. So I probably did like pass you or something, but I probably yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, college was so it for me. It prepped me for uni. 
yeah. life. Like not in uniform, going to lecture, like more than you don't class, but going to class, do you know what I mean? Going to class, doing the coursework, prepped yeah. me for uni life. And it was just so fun. I loved yeah. it. Like not having to ask to go to the toilet or like stand up when a teacher comes in the room. Can you imagine, Kira? Like we used to stand up when a teacher walked in the room. We used to ask to take a sip of water and to go to the toilet. Like what the hell was that? Sounds like you went to a cult, doesn't it? (laughs) Whenever I say that, whenever I tell anyone what it was like, they were like, did you, were you in a cult? Like that doesn't sound like literally. I, I, one of my friends, we were like, yeah. It was a cult we went to. We used to talk about it. It's like, it's something we had to wear our blazers. We, every time a teacher walked into the classroom to stand up and say, hi, so-and-so, yeah. or morning, miss, good afternoon, miss, sir. Or... And then I remember going into assembly, they used to like measure us. Like, they used to check see if our skirts were too short. And they were like, boggle skirt down. And they'll look at if you had nail polish on, if you oh had... God, yeah. They were strict on like piercings, and if you had like wacky dyed hair, and it yeah. had to be natural dyed coloured hair. Yeah, and it's like, are you joking? Like, what effect does that have on my education? Exactly. You go it's to college, the... and my teacher—I I remember going in while I was—I was applying, and then I was doing my enrolment papers, and I walked in, and I was like, "Can I speak to Mrs. Jones, please?" And they were like, "Who?" <laughs> and it was she. I, she Sarah, Kate, Sarah, who was her name, she was my course leader. She came down. She went, "Did you ask for Miss Jones?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she was like, "Oh my god, no! Call me Sarah. What's wrong?" With you? Yeah, because at college you don't say you yeah. say that by their first name. Like, yeah, oh, I was just yeah. so chilled. I loved it, definitely. So Which actually, to be fair, slightly going back to your earlier question about influences, quite I've had literally in every like stage of education, I've had a teacher or someone in that that sort of era of my life that has been an influence and at college mm-hmm. it was Sarah oh, that's like, nice. she was amazing she literally mm-hmm. like she was one of those teachers that like was there to like no nonsense get stuff done mm-hmm. but also it was very much like you guys are like about to be fully like adults you're about to go up to uni do you know how to use a washing machine do you know how to make some basic meals like she was like a mum as well yeah and she was she was just like hilarious and it just was like yeah she was so important in the shaping of my life that's so nice to hear that she was an influence on your on, like on your life as well I think that's so good to have yeah, definitely really really good um we can talk about uni life now so what was uni life like tell me about your experience as a student Ooh. um I don't know if you said previously did you find out that you had ADHD at university while you were at uni or was it yeah. like after yeah so it was actually like right at the end it was during my master's that I'd started actually so it was really late mm. um so I went through the whole of uni without re- like knowing properly okay. and um yeah it was it was actually my therapist that, that brought it up she was trying to get me to do an exercise and she was mm. like um like as a a calming thing for anxiety and she was like oh try and imagine your thoughts as like bubbles going down a river like Mm. they're floating around and can you pinpoint them and I said I'm not being funny I can't I can't distinguish my thoughts because there's too many things happening and she was like asking me a few other questions about like my time at school and like how I felt about those things and like academically what bits I struggled with and and she was like oh cash have you have you ever like thought about looking at getting a like an assessment for ADHD? And I was like, no, never. Um, and then I did, and they were like, yeah, babes, like I'm not being funny. Why didn't you come to us? 
Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, oh, my God. So did so was it, when you got diagnosed, was it through the NHS or was it private you went through? So I did it through a service called Right to Choose. Okay, um, yeah. Which is via a service called Psychiatry UK. Um, and basically it's through like an... Um, uh, it's like a private company, I believe, but it's NHS funded. Oh, okay. Yeah, Might cool. be getting that wrong, but mm. I didn't have to pay for it. But I had to go. You on didn't. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. yeah. Which, because I, yeah. it's interesting because I've watched documentaries about ADHD because I have some traits of it because I'm just dis- I I'm dyslexic. Yeah. And they say a lot of dyslexics have it have traits of ADHD, and I want to get diagnosed, like tested. Um, but I was watching a documentary and. They were saying it's a waiting list for like years because oh my God, yeah. there's not enough um I don't know, practitioners or I don't know yeah. if you call them therapists. There's not enough in the UK. Literally, there's just not enough like, people doing like doing that that job. It's absolutely wild. Like I remember, I went to my GP first, and mm-hmm. they were like, "We'll put you on a waiting list," but the waiting list is about three years. And I was like, it's "Crazy, amazing, sweet." I know that's not your fault, but wow, okay. But then I went through Right to Choose and the the waiting list was still like, it was like, it's, it was somewhere between six and 18 months. And mm. I was like, that's like obviously a while, but like that's nowhere near three years. So mm. I'll take it. And then I was really fortunate. I like, I'd submitted my forms and stuff in, I think like August of um one, I can't remember what year it was. I'd submit my forms in August and I had an appointment booked for the assessment for the April the following year Mm -hmm. and then there was a cancellation and I bumped up the waiting list and I ended up getting my diagnosis in February that that following year that's really good that is so good at all yeah oh that is good that's good so um are you happy that you've got this diagnosis and things like definitely definitely I think I spent a really long time just thinking I was like stupid I was like oh my god you're actually just like incompetent at life like oh. and then sort of understanding and the more I learn about what ADHD is and, and the things that can come with it and the way it presents in different people mm-hmm. and especially like you know I think this misconception that ADHD is like naughty children like shouting out in class and stuff and like yeah mm-hmm. yeah that, that is valid and that, that does happen but because that sort of way it presents is really really stereotypical in boys and like young boys mm-hmm. they don't sort of really talk about as much the way it tends to present in young girls and so in the last two years as well I I saw this study that like um there's been such an increase in adult diagnosis for ADHD in women interesting yeah because it's it goes so unnoticed in childhood I've heard is it harder to diagnose in women I've heard this or is it is that or is that is that something else I can't remember if it's women or not I, can't remember I think that, but... I think it's harder to diagnose in adults, definitely. Just in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. but I think because um, like the and obviously it's not like a binary thing. Everyone can present really differently in the way that it 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 shows up. But mm. in in girls, in young girls, typically it's like, oh, are they like quite daydreamy? Are they quite away with the fairies? Very forgetful, making sort of careless mistakes and stuff like that. And in adults, mm. obviously, you know, I'm not doing circle time and I'm not writing essays so the way it will present in my day-to-day it's harder is yeah different yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It's, it's harder to like pick up and that's so in- interesting mm. interesting 
Um, but yeah, let's talk more about like universities. You you went to uni. Yep, yep. After I, college, where yeah, what so, you can tell you don't have to say what university you went to, but what did you study? Like, what was that? Yeah, like? no, absolutely. I mean, I went to a drama school first for a year. Mm. Um, I did not love it. I got there and it was very, um, I mean, there's there's quite like a, a stereotype about drama schools being quite elitist and quite not you know not very diverse and stuff like that. Mm. Unfortunately, you know, for this in this case of this particular drama school, that was very true. Um, at least that was my experience. Um, and that's not to say that's all drama schools because I know a lot of people that have had amazing experiences at them. But yeah, this one I didn't really enjoy it. I went there. I did uh, stage management uh, in the mm-hmm. beginning, and then I switched over to tech and production management. Um, and then was just like, Do you know what? I'm so unhappy here. And my partner at the time had was doing music production and he'd gone to an open day at a uni in Brighton that was a music uni and I was like "Mm, okay events in music is kind of a vibe for me so yeah I I transferred there I I applied there and and did a course in event management mainly for music events but in sort of like general training in events yeah and did you enjoy like uni like did you move away from home or yeah yeah so when I was at the drama school in London I stayed at home in Watford and Mm -hmm. commuted um and then I moved to Brighton and lived there for the three years of uni and then stayed on for another like I think it was two two or three years okay cool yeah so you did the drama so you did drama school for like a year and then you did uni and you studied in Brighton yeah. And you're you're in Brighton now actually, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I literally just moved back to Brighton after a little yeah. stint in Watford like last oh. week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is so nice. Um what was it like I always ask everyone this, like what was it like initially when you went to uni, moving away from home? I don't know if you had any friends move like go to the same uni as you. Yeah. What was it like just like, you know, that whole transition of being away from home, having to like cook, clean for yourself, you know, just it be was... more independent? I didn't yeah, I mean it was I didn't find that stuff hard I think it was more just like I'm very close to my family so like being away from them was difficult Mm. um I was also in a relationship and my partner was living in Watford um so it was you know it was not not fun I didn't like long distance so Mm, I can um, imagine it's been quite hard like balancing all those things of like okay cool I want to try and be social and like get to know people in Brighton and on my course and and all that and like go out and like have a life Mm. but I also want to balance time of like going to see my family again and like you know maintaining a relationship and studying so Mm. yeah it it was hard but I I definitely grew a lot from it nice oh I can imagine like the long distance relationship that being quite difficult oh yeah but um, yeah, so what was it like graduating and then applying for graduate jobs? Because I know it's different for different industries. Like for my industry in fashion, I started applying for internships like six months before I knew I was going to graduate. And then luckily I got, I got, while I was still studying, I actually got an internship scheduled for the month. Oh, amazing. Month of me graduating. But like that is fashion. I knew it was going to be so competitive. I was like, I need to scrap yeah. an internship. So what Absolutely. was it like for you, like in your like industry and things like graduation? Yeah, similarly, music is very competitive. Mm. Um, you know, within within the industry, it's it's a hard one to crack into. But once you know people, it's one of those. It's like the stereotype: if you know someone, you're all right. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, not mm. what you know. But um, 
you know, I I finished uni in like I did my last semester in lockdown one. So wow, okay. So it was really hard because I'd I'd had all these things lined up and like prospects of you know jobs and internships and entry level things at like amazing companies and and mm. things I was really excited to do. And I had a plan and then I was like, oh my God, okay, the live industry is no more. And I don't oh, know when it's sorry. coming back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, no. so applying for jobs and doing things, I had to like completely rethink my plan, which is why mm. I went into doing that master's in teaching. Because I thought if for the time being I can't, you know, do what I love, which mm-hmm. is, you know, planning events, working on stage, doing those things, then I can teach people how to do teach. it. Mm. Yeah. So... I yeah I did that and then sort of ended up getting a job at that uni and working in their careers department so my entire job was helping graduates graduates. that is so funny your job (laughs) your graduate job was finding graduate jobs yeah that's how ironic that is funny um you said you did you you haven't finished your master's but you do you want to talk about your master's um in teaching I think that's really interesting yeah absolutely um I'd like to finish it like Mm-hmm. I definitely would like to finish it one day I I don't think I would do a full master's I think mm. I would just go back and do the PG cert to get yeah. my teaching qualification <clears throat> because yeah I've I I definitely found a real love for it like I I really enjoyed teaching I found it really rewarding um and just the process of sort of understanding what students need and what they will benefit from and trying to find creative ways to <clears throat> help different brain types absorb that knowledge yeah it's really mm. fascinating and you know I sort of most of my focus within my research and my work was with students who had like learning difficulties students from disadvantaged backgrounds things like that so mm-hmm. I did a lot of specialism within like SEN students basically which yeah I loved okay that's that's so that's an just interesting that you um you did a master's in that I think that's great um mm. yeah so do you want to talk about what you're currently doing at the moment like what your like, yeah, like so your job and things yeah absolutely I mean I now work in for a tech company so I work at mm-hmm. the happiness index it's like a platform for HR people to be able to sort of get an idea of what their employees are feeling and, and how engaged and happy they are it's like a yeah it's like a platform that we we sell and um <clears throat> Honestly, I was really apprehensive about leaving creative industry mm-hmm. um, and going into like a more corporate type world, but it's genuinely been the best leap I've ever made. Um, I've learned so much and it's genuinely such a nice place to work. Like I am so lucky. Um, but yeah, I do like, I manage our community and, and stuff. So I look after our little group of HR people that we have a little forum on, on a platform called Guild and we get together, and, you know, it's a place where people can ask questions and help each other problem solve. Um, and I curate all of our events. So I do like webinars on different topics. So, I mean, I did one over Pride in June and I had Rosie from our class on. Yeah. Um, she works in, in ED and I, um Mm -hmm. consultancy now and so uh, I had her on we were talking about sort of intersectionality within the LGBTQ plus community um and how that you know crops up at work um so yeah it's been it's been really good and then I do their social media stuff but I think that's because I'm I'm the Gen Z one in the 
in the okay, company. Yeah. So. Of course, of course, of <laughs> yeah. course. That like, account, can take the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Cash can do it. Cash can do anything social media. Cash can do. You know, um, it sounds like you've got your your job is amazing, and you're really enjoy. How long have you been in the the role or the company? Uh, oh God, how long have I been in that role? Um, about eighteen months, I think. Eighteen months. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Cool. Nice. Um, how have you built confidence and or resilience over the course of your career? Oh, okay. So that's a good one. I good question, right? Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, I would say the biggest confidence boosting thing has been, um, like has been being able to sort of set myself like small goals and achieve them um so I used to be one like definitely a dreamer and I was definitely someone that set like quite large and probably quite unrealistic targets for myself Mm -hmm. and then I'd just feel really disappointed and I'd feel really inadequate and definitely like I struggled a lot with imposter syndrome um but I sort of realized as well um that I have to I have to break tasks down into really small chunks. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I see a couple ticks on my to-do list, I start feeling more accomplished. Mm -hmm. And it helped me to be able to finish my to-do list. And then I'd feel like amazing at the end of my day. And, and, you know, I think the more, the more I did that, the more confidence I built in what I was doing and, you know, you know, little bits of feedback and praise from, from my colleagues and my managers and stuff. It, it definitely helped to boost me and I'm I'm someone that I'm like a I'm, I'm a bit like a Labrador puppy or something like I need I need someone to tell me I'm doing good to feel good to know good. that I'm no but I think that's for anyone really yeah absolutely it? you want that confidence to be like look you're doing really well like you yeah, want that definitely. I think for anyone I think it's great to know that as well but she's probably yeah. like your your bosses your, your, your you know your boss and stuff and your manager so yeah I get it yeah yeah definitely helps mm. <laughs> Um, so how do you balance career personal life and then like your other passions and is there such thing as balance I think I would say there is such thing as balance Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really hard to achieve it if you aren't in an environment that promotes it Um, and I would say a majority of workplaces don't promote it and if Mm. they do they don't follow through Um, you know I'm I'm quite like I said, I'm quite fortunate to work where I work and, you know, our whole thing is we 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 preach a lot about freedom to be human and making sure you can be your authentic self at work and work-life balance is so important. Mm. And, you know, we, we do get, we're very much encouraged to take annual leave as much as we can and to, you know, some of, part of our benefits is, is, is that we get a well-being day every year it's it's an internal really company holiday on the yeah. 25th of August we get every year you get that day off and you got to do something really good nice for yourself and you know we get a few days a year for we call it stay we call it support your loved ones leave and it's you know it's, for example like if Not if my best mate was moving house and she needed a hand I can take a day from that and go help her that's so good yeah so it's stuff like that that helps to promote it and I think you know because of you know I've come from an environment where in previous jobs I was still you know manning my phone and checking my emails and doing actively working while Mm. I was like eating my dinner at nine o'clock at night and wow yeah there was no balance but now Mm. I'm like 
I'm really strict with myself and at half five I shut down my laptop no matter what I'm doing yeah that's good that you clock off at a reasonable hour because I know everyone can do it I used to do it in my old job and I think even I've seen had some friends over on Saturday for dinner and they were like yeah I I stay up till three in the morning sometimes or they're working on the weekend I'm like like this is just insane like, yeah why is this workload like this this is not normal for 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 us you know we're not built for this no no absolutely. us as humans we're not built to be working crazy hours of early mornings or weekends it's like this is mental you know yeah um but it's so good that your company has a well-being day and this other day that they I think it's great and I think that probably helps you with your balance of your personal life and things massively it's like it's it's an organizational change that needs to happen to be honest Mm. like it's something that you know if it's all well and good to have a policy or to have it in small writing in your in your workplace ethos or whatever but to actually have those benefits in place and to see say for example like leadership like my co-founders the the big bosses at a workplace mm. they actively make sure they they are very open about when they take time off they're like okay cool I'm about to take two weeks off to spend time with my children mm. I'm going to not have my phone on if you need me incredibly urgently you can call my wife on this number and she will tell me to call you back but other than that I'm offline that's, and good. Like, that's mm. amazing like and so it 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 builds a sense of safety for us to feel like mm. we can do that as well and it's quite empowering so yeah it's 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 really nice in that sense to have that modeled for us I think that's good um this is an interesting question I haven't asked anyone this but I was trying to like get different questions out there so um what's something about you that most people at your work wouldn't know oh that's quite a good question um I mean ask anyone at my workplace and they'll say Cashy has no filter she mm-hmm. is incredibly open I do like my workplace I'll I used to come in on a like Tuesday morning into the office and my line manager would be like so Kashi how was your date on Saturday did did anything happen did you have a good time how was it <laughs> are they are they being added to the roster like like that kind of stuff so I love that yeah so I'm I'm quite open but I would say oh no this is so embarrassing um when I was younger and I was like having my proper like emo phase Kira you mm. you will know because you witnessed it yeah but, I vaguely remember this yeah um I remember I I used to dye my hair quite a lot like weird colors yes. and I, this. Yeah, there was a time where I don't know if anyone listening is familiar with the trend of raccoon tails but they were a really big thing in the scene sort of community and it was like highlights that were stripy yeah and I yeah I did have I had a couple of those I had one that was like blue and blonde and I had one that was pink and blue and it was like I think back to it now and I'm like what the hell was I thinking but I don't think anyone at work knows that and if any of you are listening um no you didn't you didn't hear that and you're gonna forget it (laughs) in the next three seconds is there any evidence of these pictures anywhere on social media? There definitely is somewhere. So I found, oh, like, a few months ago, I found my old Blackberry. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. And it has, that's where all those pictures were, and that little memory card is still in there, but I cannot get it to turn on. So oh. I'm just, I'm hoping and praying that those, that evidence is just lost to the ether. Lost. Lost, lost <laughs> oh, forever. Lost 
Let's hope it's not. I want to see these pictures. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That is, I like that. Um, what is the biggest challenge facing you right now, if there is any? Ooh. I guess just like what everyone wants in, in life is just to be happy and to be peaceful and content. And I think, mm. you know, it's it's not something that's linear. It's something that comes and goes. Um, I can't expect to be peaceful and happy all the time. Um, mm. But I think that's the biggest challenge is like maintaining it as as long as I can. Um, so, yeah, just especially with a lot of change at the moment, I've just moved moved again and, you know, life is up and down. So I'm, I'd say, yeah, just sort of maintaining peace, figuring out what I want in life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see yourself for like five to ten years? I'd say in five years, I'd probably see myself... Um, I mean, hopefully still at the happiness index um, Mm -hmm. because I do love it and I'd love to, you know, there's a few projects that I've been working on and things that I've been pitching to the management team and stuff that I'd love to grow within that company. So yeah, yeah, in five years, hopefully still there and, you know, growing with them. Um, And probably, I'm not sure if I'd still be in Brighton actually, maybe still in Brighton in five years because that's that's quite a short period of time it goes quite quick yeah, so probably in does. brighton maybe with mm. a child who knows um yeah i'd yes. love to have a baby i definitely want to have baby in the next five years but yeah that's the same with me actually yeah um yeah it's some, i mean it's something i'm like looking into because i i'm single and i don't particularly i was raised by a single mom i don't mm. see the need for a partner to have a baby so baby with i'm looking into a bank now i'm like all right cool can someone just like you know do it in a cup and yep. and then just over. give it to, send it over to you. <laughs> oh, Literally, I'm at a point. I was like, I, I I was like talking to one of my friends, and I was like, well, you could like, I could give you like a plastic cup, and you could just go do your business, send it over. I'll get like a pipette or something, and just go for it. Go for it. That is we can make children. So <laughs> yeah, I about five years. I can imagine your babies will be so cute. They were. I looked adorable. like a small Malteser with a face when I was a baby. It was so cute. Aww. So honestly, like I can't wait. I, I can imagine your baby's looking adorable. Are you kidding? Oh. I can imagine your baby's looking adorable. Like you were so. Depends cute. who I have it with, though. That's, yeah, that's the thing. True. I feel that's like true. it depends. Depends on the person. Like if I could just have, look. if I could just like, ha- like impregnate myself, I would be so happy. <laughs> Because, like, a small me running around, I would love that. Oh, my that. God. Adorable. Oh, like, I feel like if I have, like, a daughter that look like me growing up, like, younger, so I'll be happy. I'll be happy because I think so I'm the one I like breathe my own trumpet, but I was a cute baby. Like, you I were so cute. I feel like uh, there, there's a point where I remember seeing pictures of you as a small child and you were... Oh, yeah, I think there was. I think I did used to show people at school. Yeah, um, you did. I think I did because I was yeah. obsessed with myself. Oh, of course. Um... <laughs> To round off and end this whole podcast episode, so the aim of this whole podcast is to educate the younger generation and younger women. So what would you tell your younger self? I would say um, it gets better Mm -hmm. because I remember being really young and thinking, you know, when I was going through all these like different, like hard things growing up and, and, you know, as a young adult, thinking oh my god is this just what life is like is this what it's going to be like all the time mm-hmm. and it's not it it gets better things grow they evolve you will 
do things with your life you will make amazing friends you will impact other people and there is so much like beauty in the world and you will get to see that and you want to stick around to see that yeah that's so nice yeah so um this is the end of the episode thank oh you God. so much Kashi for being thank you here. so much for having me um I really appreciate it I think it's been great yeah, yeah. it's been thank lovely you. to catch up like yes it has been great yeah. and I'll see you again soon because we're doing yeah, the reunion definitely. aren't we yeah well, yeah you'll so. have to come down to Brighton oh my god yes I love yeah. having to Brighton in so long come down I've got a sofa bed oh my god I, I'm down I, I'm there I'm there <laughs> so we'll, we'll arrange a weekend and we'll yeah we'll go for a cocktail night it'd be oh so my cute god, that'll be so good I'll get Rosie and Ollie and down Rosie, yeah I was gonna say that'd be yeah. so nice to see Rosie and Ollie yeah, as and, well and oh, who else is down there now I think Kajol lives in Brighton now oh, as well really okay cool yeah she works at the hospital so Okay, that's, that was definitely something that we could get in the diary, like soon. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so. Amazing. Thank, thank, thank you. you so much. Bye. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.